Good morning, everybody. I am back from the Victorian high country on a motorcycle for the last week. Managed not to fall off. I got a few tips from a YouTuber, Adam Ryman, on how to drift my back wheel. And whilst I was at one point drifting on a gravel road on a 1250cc motorcycle, it reminded me of the stock market idiom that I invented, which was when you find yourself standing at your desk punching the air in delight, it means one thing sell and at the same time when you are sliding around a gravel road on the side of a Victorian mountain thinking that you know everything about motorcycling it's time to slow down so manage to survive you'll see a few photos of that in the Marcus Take section today I know most of you aren't into motorcycling but I know some of you are a fabulous BMW Safari completed and all in one piece a surprise and perhaps considering my insurance a disappointment to Emma right and there is never a dull day in the stock market is there here we go Lion Town resources up 56% igniting a lithium recovery the blue touch paper has been lit by a bid for Lion Town resources at a 67% premium was it to the last traded share price the bid's been rejected by Liontown Resources. They were approached five months ago. Albemarle has upped the bid twice and now they have finally declared it and the suspicion is that they are now getting near to an end game and want to flush out any other bidders. And that of course has lit up stocks like Pilbara Minerals up 14%, Mineral Resources up 7%, anything in the battery space all came up 12.8%, Core Lithium 18% and so it goes on. A lithium revival. Do we buy into that? Not quite sure yet. I think there is a difference between hyped up lithium stocks and valuable future lithium producers, which is what Lion Town is, of course. But that aside, the main observation coming back is that this banking crisis has rolled on in my absence. There has been no immediate turn on a sixpence moment. And the biggest debate in the market at the moment is, is it safe? Is it safe? Overtones of Marathon Man, of course. There are a few things that have happened whilst I've been away. The first is Credit Suisse being bought by UBS, and that, of course, has plugged one of the main financial crisis concerns. The other one is New York Community Bancorp buying Signature Bank, and today we've got First Citizens Bancorp buying SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, and that's plugged another major concern. It did, however, require the US government to give them a 70 billion US dollar line of credit. In other words, the US government has engineered a plugging of the hole that Silicon Valley Bank was opening up. And there is some suggestion they also provide the line of credit, although it's not clear to the New York Community Bank to buy Signature Bank. So the government at work behind the scenes, I have to say, I did rather laugh at one of the headlines this morning. White House says banking system is safe. I tell you, if someone had stuck on your trading screen on January the 1st this year, a post-it note, have to be a big post-it note, that said one of the headlines this year will be White House says banking system is safe. You would have sold everything and run to the hills. I wouldn't trust the White House to look after my cavoodle, let alone one, to know whether the banking system is safe or two, to tell me the truth if it wasn't. So as usual, the authority 
authorities, if you can call them an authority, the authorities are trying to instill confidence, which is not a formulaic game. It is a sentiment and confidence game trying to instill confidence. The interest rate markets or the bond markets are obviously slightly convinced, as you've seen, by a sharp bounce in bond yields overnight. And that suggests that the fear of a significant financial crisis have at least in the last 24 hours dissipated somewhat. But there is no doubt with Credit Suisse seemingly no longer a major risk, with the purchase of the liabilities of the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which basically went bust, with the government in the background providing support and the interest rate markets beginning to improve, you might suggest that there is indeed some suggestion that they have averted a financial crisis and that we can look forward with, not without fear, but with less fear. So is this a material bottoming in the market? Our market up 81 points looks significant, but Wall Street not looking quite so convinced. Dow Jones only up 195 and Nasdaq down a little bit. The hangover from all this is what most of the strategists are talking about, and that is the damage to the US economy. And Goldman Sachs have a piece of research out from their economists saying it's too early to be confident on the implications of the current banking crisis on the US economy. And the main issue is credit availability. Credit availability is a headwind, not a hurricane, says the Goldman Sachs economist. And the chance of recession have risen only from 25% to 35% in their view. And he says it's hard to explain the resilience of the equity market in the face of such a negative growth shock. Morgan Stanley also says earnings are going to have to be downgraded and remain materially too high, talking about the risk of a US recession still being elevated. And with the events of the past few weeks, in inverted commas, we think it is becoming more obvious that earnings estimates are unrealistic. And this is the the main point. This banking crisis will have caused banks to pull their heads in, lending less readily, and that has an impact on the economy. And that has an impact on earnings numbers. So that's the hangover from this financial sector crisis. It's not good for the economy, but the equity market takes this stuff into account fairly quickly. And I think the question still remains, are we past the risk of a financial crisis? Can we get on with things again? If so, there's plenty to buy. Or is it all going to blow up again as we roll along? I think we have a bit more reading to do. I'm day one back in the seat. Haven't read as much as I'd like. I sat on a motorbike, by the way, for eight hours yesterday. Averaged 102 kilometers per hour. What a motorbike. BMW 1250 GSA. You can go off-road and sit on a motorbike uh, on a motorway for eight hours. Surely the best bike ever built. So a bit more reading to do. But for now, as you'll see in Marcus Take in the Marcus Take section, still in 40% cash in the strategy portfolio. Remarkably, the US markets haven't corrected as much as you might have imagined. I have an inkling we are going to get over this financial fear. So our strategy portfolio, which is mostly exposed to the S&P 500 and NASDAQ, hasn't cratered at all. Nothing precipitous, just gently lost a bit. And with 40% cash, we're ready to go again. I don't feel at all persuaded to start buying yet. The ideas portfolio as well remains vacant, not a trade in there. The obvious thought today is to get buying or catch the bottom on stocks like Pilbara Minerals, which is down from about $5 
$3.30 to a recent low of $3.30, $3.35 actually. Now back up to $3.96 with today's bounce. That might be worth a look. And Mineral Resources, which is down from $97 to $76 and has bounced to $81, might be worth a look as well. Haven't decided on those. Bit early to be bold, having been in the seat for a couple of hours. If the fog has cleared, the obvious opportunity is not so much in the market, but in the banks. And you'll see from the Marcus Take section, the chart of the bank sector, it has gone from the top of the range to below the bottom of the range, just ahead of the ANZ, Westpac and NAB results coming up in May and their dividends. So an opportunity for income investors, whether you leap now or leap later, as I say, I haven't leapt yet. And I think you have time. The bank sector is now down 13.5% from the recent top. That's quite a big move for this sector. But it has broken support. And whilst it's a little bit higher today, it's far from convincing yet. The other interesting thing from my week away was spending some time with someone who is probably the smartest man I've ever met, described himself as a market trader, where of course most people in the industry roll their eyes at the thought of some person without a job calling themselves a market trader because they fiddle around with their own investments in the stock market. But no, this was not an amateur day trader. He will remain nameless because he's quite well known. But he was employed by the White House for a couple of years, just before and over the GFC to clean up interest rate derivative portfolios, paid millions per annum. And in the second year said, no, he didn't want to do it because he wasn't in the business of cleaning stuff up. He was in the business of making money trading. Anyway, literally one of the smartest people you will ever meet. And that's an Empirical assessment, one of the top 10 IQs in the country. And I spoke to him about traders and he employs traders. They have a 99.9 ATAR filter, and that does not make a person a good trader. That is simply a filter because they have to filter and they like to filter for brains and application. And an ATAR is as good as they can get. And then they set about choosing people to be traders. He says, Trading is not, I'll write some of this up for tomorrow maybe. Trading is not a formula. Trading is a simple assessment of how much money you start the year with and how much you finish the year with and the ability to make a decision in the meantime. Plenty of smart people can't make decisions or plenty of informed and correct people can't make decisions. And good traders generally find an edge and just keep exploiting it. And the edges can be very different with different people depending on their experience and background. And amazing Amazingly, he was very excited at the idea of the Macquarie-only portfolio. He reckoned if anyone could really pick the top and bottom of anything that you could trade, so Macquarie would be obvious, and Macquarie was good because you could get derivatives and leverage, that if you really could pick the tops and bottoms, it was worth a fortune and we could bin the whole of the newsletter and simply do that and it would be worth more than the current subscription. And in fact, he would pay me 
millions if I could reliably pick the tops and bottoms in Macquarie, or at least make money out of trading Macquarie. Didn't have to pick the exact top and bottom. And that, he says, is trading. It's knowing one particular thing and exploiting it again and again and again. And it sort of goes to that old story I used to have about trading Webjet. I traded or particularly picked up on stocks that started advertising on the telly because I know Marcus today would love to have the money to spend on advertising on the television. And it's a good sign that a company, as long as it's one that has a transition, has transitioned over a time, not suddenly appeared with a lot of borrowed money to try and create a brand, but a company that had been around for a while that transitions to advertising on TV. That's clearly a sign of a business that's got to a certain stage. And so when they start advertising on TV, they're worth a look. And that's how I picked up on Webjet. And I got to know Webjet very well. I got to pick tops and the bottoms and constantly traded it and did very well out of it. In fact, I thought it was really rather easy. I don't know why I ever stopped doing it. But this is the same thing with Macquarie. If we can get to know Macquarie, there's more work to be done. It's not just a question of timing the market, which is why we're doing the Macquarie-only portfolio as a proxy for the market. But it's not just a question of timing the market. It's a question of knowing the stock as well, much along the lines of the one-stock portfolio idea. So I'll take you on a bit of a journey inspired by my intellectual friend. And let's see if we can't make this Macquarie-only portfolio work. As I say, and as you'll read in the Marcus Take section, it's in 100% cash at the moment. Whilst the market goes down and Macquarie goes down, it's outperforming. Not that that matters. We're in the business of making money, not outperforming. So at some point, we will look to buy Macquarie. And hence, my interest in the debate at the moment over whether we have seen the low point in this financial fear, or the high point in the fear anyway. No rush today. So that's about it from me today. No ideas, 40% cash in strategy and still in cash in the Macquarie-only portfolio, debating whether this sell-off is done yet or not. Henry's section, as you might expect, is dominated by the Lion Town bid. By the way, our $12 million man, who is the member who turned 180000 into $12 million in a couple of stocks, one of them being Lion Town Resources. After this bid approach today, I do believe he is nudging $50 million. And that is the best example of the one-stock portfolio we have seen. And it continues. Henry's section also talks about a number of updates, in particularly CHN up 9% today on a resource upgrade. He talks about the lithium takeover, going down the rabbit hole, and other stuff, as is Henry's want. Quickies today, SQ2 block up after, if you remember, there was a recent short report which upset the share price. A respected analyst has written about it and says it's not all hot air, but it's not that bad, and the share price has bounced. United Malt up 30% today after a bid approach. And Henry talks about the short squeeze on some of the lithium stocks. If you look at the shorted percentage in LTR, it shot up just ahead of this bid approach. Ugly for some. Technical scan section in today. ASX 200 a bit oversold. My colleague Damien has been doing that in my absence. It continues to do so. I haven't had time to cover it today. But thank you, Damien. Gold overbought, he notes. That's about that. Plenty to read and write about over the next few days. I'm going to expand upon this market trading conversation 
conversation and look at what makes a good trader. We'll keep debating whether the financial fear has peaked or not. And that's about that. Our market holding quite nicely up 79. Dow futures up another 239 points as I speak. Clouds seem to be clearing out. You have a fabulous day and I will be back with you tomorrow.